everyone, and welcome to episode number three of our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode is super juicy. What are we talking about, honey? Oh, uh, I guess you want my perspective on waiting to have sex for marriage. Yes, okay. not just me. The whole world wants to know, honey. How did you do it? Oh, well. <laughs> you don't have to dive right in right now. <laughs> We want to pray and stuff before we start. Yeah, we'll unpack that in the next half hour or so. But Yeah. You want to start with a prayer? You can start. Okay, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, uh, we're just grateful to be here another, another week and get to share what you've taught us and what we're still learning and still in the process of, of learning. Uh, Lord, I pray for every single person listening out there that uh, whose ears are being touched by by your word. I pray that you'd comfort them, bless them, give them uh, a rediscovered sense of, of peace, of purpose, of encouragement. And for anybody in the same situation as we were, Lord, I ask that you'd give them an extra measure of your grace and, and strength to uh, do your will and to honor you with their bodies and God uh, with people who have been in you know situations where they feel like they're beyond redemption or they've messed up too much and they feel that they can't be saved Lord I I ask that you uh, just reveal who you truly are to them and let this podcast be a blessing to them Lord uh, let it not be Melana's words or my words but your words through us to reach their hearts Lord and we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we finished our podcast with a prayer, but I, we only thought it'd be fitting to also start with a prayer as well. So, honey, let's, let's spill the tea. And right before we started, I was like, you know, it's a bummer that we couldn't practice what we're about to preach right now because I still have my stitches in. So I'm like, well, this sucks. <laughs> Whatever. Yes, but we'll live. We, we went, what, three, four years without... Yeah, I know, but once you're already used to it, it's that's a little, true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, hurry up and get those stitches out. I, it's not up to me. It's up to whatever they want to dissolve. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, as Melana said at the beginning, uh, we're going to be diving into uh, saving yourself sexually for marriage, and kind of what society views on that, what the Bible says on that, our perspective and our experience on that, and just have a discussion. And Melana mentioned. Uh, as as a lot of uh, her followers know, a lot of you guys out there realize that her like big videos have been when she talked about saving yourself from marriage and kind of what is untold about all that, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll get to hear Jordan's perspective on that today. Yeah, so a lot of people wonder like, well, what about the male perspective or the husband? You know, what is what does that look like and how does that get involved with this decision? Because it's between two people, right? You can't just have a one-sided commitment to abstinence because mm -hmm. um, that's just silly. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and abstinence for abstinence sake is meaningless as well. There has to be something deeper, some root to connect your reasoning, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to unpack that a little bit and uh, hopefully you guys find it a blessing. So I think we start off by just explaining God's view of sex and take it from scripture because that's where we want to base everything. And uh, that's, that's where we'll go. So just right off the bat, I mean, right in Genesis, 
God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, right? So that's just God's way of saying, hey, go have a bunch of sex, <laughs> make a bunch of kids, enjoy your life. Yeah. So that's that's what God's saying is he created sex. And I know that might come as a newsflash for some people, but sex is a gift and creation from God. Well, because like in the church, it's not really talked about. It's so taboo. I think that's literally the biggest reason why my video got so big because no one had ever really talked about it. Yeah, it's it's a off, you know. It's like bad to talk about it, but it's like God created sex. Like mm-hmm. it's a healthy thing. It's not a bad thing. I wonder why there's so much intimidation. I think it's because of how our culture and society and the media has portrayed it. That a lot of churches are just overwhelmed and don't know how to deal with it, especially on the youth level, right? Oh uh, yeah, like a bunch our of little church, horny boys. <laughs> yeah, like we were, we were fortunate at our at our youth group. They handled and tackled sex head on. Like they're, yeah, we're gonna have series on it every every year. We're gonna talk about it and kind of give a fresh perspective, but answer some of those tough questions and you know premarital sex and pornography and masturbation and all that that you kind of cringe if you're sitting in a church and you hear people throw those words out there. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why? That's that's not how it should be. God created it. So we want to kind of highlight God's perspective and God's plan and purpose for sex and how we can go about living that out and, mm-hmm. and honoring him. So again, that's the first thing. God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And I find it interesting too, that God created sex to be a pleasurable experience. He didn't have to do that. Yeah, he could have just said, well, you got all the parts, just, you know. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that humans and dolphins are the only mammals that have pleasure when they have sex, because other ones don't. I don't know how you can measure having okay, a dolphin. But, what do they tell like you saying- through sonar? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I don't know. They probably have a way of, like, Getting uh, that information, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's something you read on the internet. And Abraham Lincoln said, "You can't trust everything you read on the internet." So the fact that God made sex a pleasurable experience and something you can sense physically in your body just goes to show that it's a good gift that He gave us, right? Mm-hmm. Just like He made food taste good. Yeah, He could have made food, you know, just plain and sustain us. <laughs> Like how that I cook. That would suck. <laughs> the way I cook. That's so true. Every time I'm packing, this is off topic, but every time I'm making meals, like I'll try to get back to my bodybuilding and fitness days and I'll just cook the most plain stuff like tuna with barely any mayo or just plain. Like no salt, no olive oil. And I'm over here like well, from a Brazilian. Stuff adds more calories and fat. Well, I'm used to like so much flavor in food and Jordan literally eats just to eat. Yeah, so I make food. The, the point of that story is I make food Bland. how God could have made it. But he didn't. He made it the way I cook. Exactly. <laughs> Melinda cooks more godly than I do. <laughs> so all that to say that, you know, as you're looking at how the scripture talks about sex versus how the church and kind of our Christian perspective handles it, there's a lot of contrast, right? Like we make it this taboo thing. We make it this, oh, don't don't ask questions about it. Just you know, wait till you're married, and and you know maybe then we can talk about it. But before that, like you know, I, I don't think we should get into that. You know, mm-hmm. they're just intimidated by it. A lot of churches, right? Right. So, what does that do though to the twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old person 
going through youth group without getting any answers to stuff. They feel these changes in their bodies. They like, they start having these chemical brain reactions. Right. And they're Mm -hmm. like, huh, he's pretty hot. Yeah. She's pretty (laughs) hot. I want to do something with them. Where do they go to get answers or to, to find explanations? They're going to go talk to their little 13 year old friends. Or (laughs) their older siblings or someone older who's, just as immature as they are, mm-hmm. but yeah. just happens to be older and have more life experience. They're going to get the worst, you know, the worst uh, advice, advice or, possible, yeah. right? So what we, Melanie and I early on had a few experiences where we had similar uh, curiosities just in different different ways. And we were quickly diffused of those curiosities. Mm-hmm. For, so for example... When I was growing up, my dad had, uh, as a police officer, so he had uh, a gun that he would keep in his closet, right? His work gun. Yeah, so he would bring it home and put it up on the top shelf and have a lock on it. And he would tell me and my brother, hey, dad's got a gun. He's a police officer. You know, he works. He uses that. It's, it's not a toy. Don't go up and try to grab it and handle it. If you ever want to see it, just ask me. I'd be more than happy to take it down and make it safe and show you all the parts and you can even hold it and I'll show you, you know, where to point it in a safe direction, but do not go up and grab this on your own. Right. So what did that do for me though? As a, you know, eight, nine year old kid, I thought, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. You know, like what, what little boy isn't into like guns and shooting and, you know, video games and all that. Right. So we're like, oh yeah, that's, that's so cool. Like my dad's, you know, a police officer or whatever. But I never had the temptation to go up and, you know, play with it when my dad wasn't home and he left it or whatever, because I knew, oh, yeah, if I ever want to see it, my dad's fine with showing me it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, there were times I'd say, hey, dad, can I see that? Or how many, you know, how many rounds does it hold? Or he would show me everything. He would take it all apart. He'd let me clean it with him sometimes. And that just. He took the curiosity out of it. Exactly. And you had a similar story, right, honey? Yeah. When I was in middle school, all of my friends started getting into like smoking cigarettes and smoking weed and all this stuff. And I was obviously conflicted by it, but I was also curious. And it was something that I knew was wrong, but I was like, I want to try it. Like, I want to see what this hype is all about. And I remember going to my dad and kind of explaining him this frustration. He goes, well, let's go buy cigarettes and let's go smoke a pack together. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. to do it well cigarettes are disgusting so as soon as I took like one little puff I was already like "Ugh, this is gross I was coughing for like three hours my lungs hurt my <laughs> breath smelled so bad my fingers were disgusting but like the fact that he went and did that I was like okay this is not that it's not as great as everyone puts it out to be you know like I don't need to be smoking cigarettes right now yeah obviously I'm 12 <laughs> oh yeah for sure and you never really cared to go smoke cigarettes ever again, right? Because nope. you had that experience. Yeah. And I think learning from that, that ties perfectly into, you know, this whole idea of sex and, and how we as a society, as we as Christians handle it. Because if you go into it with all these questions and don't have anywhere to, to squash your curiosity or to find it, you know, meaningful, real answers, mm-hmm. you, you're just going to go in the complete opposite direction and go off the deep end. Right. And the world just really glorify, glorifies and sexualizes everything. So it's around us no matter how much you try to avoid it. So again, you're always in a 
way tempted by it and it makes you curious because if you've never had it you're like well what is this great thing everyone is talking about and yada 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 yeah and that's exactly what Melania and i experienced as we we're growing up for me i know playing sports all of my life you, you're in locker rooms and you hear kids talking about what they did last weekend or what they're about to do this weekend and who they're going to hook up with and all this stuff and i just i don't I, for a while i thought like there's something wrong with me because I was just never into the whole, you know, hook up and try to sleep around with a bunch of people. Like, not to say I was never tempted or like had, you know, thoughts about people, but to, to think I want to go around and sleep with as many people as I can, like, like it's a game, like I'm trying to rack up tally marks of girls I'm sleeping with. Like that was disgusting, never, that yeah. was never my, my deal, you know? And so, I mean, I got made fun of in school, like, oh, what are you gay or, you know, things like that, or you know, I just wouldn't talk about girls in the same way that a lot of other people that I would associate with from school or sports or classes, or whatever, they would talk about people like it's normal. Right. And I know that's partially God protecting me and not wanting to, you know, cross that line being a Christian, you know, as you're standing out, you're different than the rest of the world, but it's not in this arrogant, I got a chip on my shoulder. I'm holier than thou. Right. It's a, it just mm -hmm. came from a for me, it was just very uh, awkward in some ways. Like, I, I mean, I know this is how I'm supposed to be, but, you know, I, I don't know how to process it when everyone else is saying the opposite, you know. Mm -hmm. So you're like a fish trying to swim upstream. And that's most of the Christian life is what I've, I've learned is oh, you're yeah. constantly going against the grade, against society and against culture. So, mm -hmm. um the best thing I could say is to get with people who are like-minded with you as, as followers of Christ, that you can have a community so you don't feel like you're an island, that you're isolated and, and on your own, because that's not how God designed life to be. He meant for us to be together in community. So find a community. Um, if it's people at your church, if it's people you know, in a youth group or, or whatever, find somebody that you can get with that can encourage you that you can encourage you guys can hold each other accountable uh accountability partners is huge i would highly 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 suggest that you male. do not have a, an accountability partner of the opposite sex oh <laughs> of course not no that would make no sense not speaking from personal experience but knowing of people um sometimes what you're trying to prevent ends up being <laughs> what you end up doing <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's I mean, so funny. That's so true. I don't, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular, but I've had heard stories of that. So do not have an <laughs> accountability partner. It's common sense, but yeah. don't do that. So uh, make sure you, somebody you can trust, somebody you can be completely open and honest and transparent with. And uh, that's that's just saved, saved me so many times and been been just a huge blessing. So highly recommend that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about by accountability partner, it just means somebody like a, a close friend that you can talk to about temptations, about sexual frustrations, about, hey, I need prayer for this. But it doesn't have to be just with sex. I mean, obviously, that's one of the main things in our society that as Christians, we're, we're trying to you know honor God with. But it could be anything. It could be a financial accountability partner. It could be a, you know, anything. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to just be sex, but that's, that's the big thing. So right. um, somebody that you can just have them pray for you, support you, encourage you, share scripture with you. And you guys have this close bond, um, because you're, you're going through it with each other. So you're, you're, 
keeping each other accountable. So that's what I mean by accountability partner. Mm -hmm. And also this kind of like gearing towards another direction with this whole waiting until marriage thing. It's definitely something you need to talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend about very early on. Mm, Like Jordan and I talked about it on our first date. Okay, like this is not something that you bring up when you're both naked on the bed about to do it. And you're like, oh, wait, hold on. I kind of thought I wanted to wait until marriage. Well, mm, it might be a little bit too late now. This is definitely something you need to talk about. Who and who in that in that position is going to have the the willpower or the mindset yeah, to like say, the, hmm, let's put our clothes back on. Like, it's just it's something that you need to talk about beforehand and that you both need to be on board with now. I will say a lot of girls tend to want this, not a lot of guys. So this is why your perspective is so important in all of this because... Yeah, it can't be one-sided, right? Yeah. Like we said in the beginning. Right. You got to both be on board and that's that's hard because... It can't just be the girl the whole time being like, nope, we're not doing it. Nope, we're not doing it because that's emotionally exhausting and that then the whole thing starts of, well, if you truly love me, you'll have sex with me. Oh, no, yeah, if you truly tripping. love me, yeah. you'll respect me and respect my wishes. Hello. That's exactly right. Like people play <laughs> games, you know, they'll, oh, they'll start yeah. playing with your feelings and playing with your emotions. So it's just one of those things you guys have to go in together and say, look, we're, we're going to commit to God and to commit to each other that we're going to honor the Lord with our bodies. Now, what does that in a practical sense? What does that mean, though? Like what are some like what were some boundaries that we set up that well, were helpful? Yeah, there's a stigma towards virginity in society, right? That, oh, if you don't, you know, have sex before you get married, then how do you know that you're going to want to marry that person? Or you're going to have horrible sex for the rest of your life. Like, what if they suck in bed? Right. And I'm over here like, you don't get it. Yeah, and they're going about it the completely wrong way. If, if somebody says, oh, well, how do I know I want to marry them unless I know that they're good at sex? It's like, no, that's, that's the polar opposite. You, you have to say you know, great sex won't make a great marriage. A great marriage will make great sex. Mm-hmm. And you'll work on it. It's, it's something just like anything else in your marriage that you work on, whether it's communication or your relationship with one another or whatever it is, serving one another. Sex is something you work on. And Which is great. Yeah, it takes, <laughs> it takes practice. It takes time. It takes building intimacy with each other. So And getting to know each other's bodies and exploring and all that stuff. But that's all the fun part. Yeah, and there, it's no exception, you know. So just like any anything that God gave us in, in our lives, marriage, he, he's designed between one man and one woman in the context of marriage and the boundaries of marriage for life. And... You know, we've had some, as we're, as Malay and I are kind of thinking about what are the ramifications for these decisions that we've decided to, to, to make, you know, when we were really young and starting out dating and then being engaged, um, there's really three elements that you can break it down to that, that have an impact in your life, uh, the spiritual, the physical, and the emotional elements. So, for example, when I, when I say spiritual element, a great verse that comes to mind is 1 Corinthians 6, um, 17 through 20. So what Paul's saying here to the Corinthian church is, hey, you want to honor God with your bodies because you're now a temple of the Holy Spirit. So he says in verse 17, he who becomes joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. 
flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. And that right there is like a direct statement from Paul saying, look, there's a spiritual element to this, right? You're honoring God with your body because you're not your own anymore. You are you were bought with a price. When Christ died on the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. So now we belong to him as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean we do with our physical bodies is to honor him in that, to, to abstain from that, to not go around with every single person we can and, and all that. So that's, there's a spiritual element. It's also a physical element, like just on a very practical down to earth matter, like the whole epidemic of AIDS, HIV, having multiple partners, spreading diseases, pregnancy, unwanted pregnancies. Exactly. All these things happen because of people's choices to violate the purpose of sex that God created and to then branch out into forbidden ways that it was never intended for. Mm -hmm. And now we have physical ramifications, right? There's consequences to that. So on a physical level, you have these problems. Mm -hmm. And then on the emotional level, um, this is really big and I don't think talked talked about enough in our society, but the emotional impact of just casual sex and I actually remember reading an article in Psychology Today talking about how casual sex can affect our mental health. And they mentioned just how there's such an increase in depression, loneliness, dissatisfaction, and all, all these different things. Even like a suppression of other issues in life that are caused and, and you know, instigated by having casual sex. Just where you, you're hooking up with people left and right, like, yeah, it's no big deal. It's just natural, right? Mm-hmm. And that I remember seeing, thinking, wow, there's there's such an emotional tie. There's a reason why God wanted a husband and a wife, only those two, to experience sex with each other. Like it was a special, intimate bond that they would share together. Mm-hmm. And when you go and share that with somebody else or several other people, you're kind of left with your head spinning, thinking, well, you know, I felt something there. There was some connection, but I don't exactly know what it was. And I felt another connection with this person. And now I got multiple connections going on here and I don't really know what it is or what it means, but I feel something. And, you know, it's just this disconnect from the emotional and the physical and the spiritual that were only meant for one person, your spouse. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I think God has set up boundaries for us so that he it's it God didn't set up boundaries around sex to prohibit us from experiencing all that it was rather he did so so that we would experience and take full joy in all that it is mm-hmm. and it's the world that removes these boundaries and says no hook up with anybody you know whatever your your preference whatever your identity is whatever your you know whether it's male, male, female, female, male, female, like do it all, multiple partners together, you know, all these different things. The world just basically takes what God said and will change it and, and twist it mm-hmm. and, and open the gates to whatever. And this whole sense of 
living a sensual, pleasure-filled lifestyle ends up leaving people emptier and dissatisfied when they're on the pursuit of finding, you know, what what should satisfy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. I want to share like the actual practical boundaries that we set up, what worked for you and kind of like what helps you through it all, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we, being together. It was like a while back. So I'm like trying to think, <laughs> like, what did we do? Well, yeah, we, we started dating in high school. And like you said, we just made the commitment right there at the very beginning from the first date, like, Hey, like, I like you and all, but we, as Christians don't want to put ourselves in positions to fail and to dishonor God. So let's just commit right at the very beginning that we want to have and, you know, abstain from sex Mm -hmm. in our relationship until we're married. Now that was a big thing. It's just establishing that as number one, right? Yes. And then also establishing what is okay for you, because I know some Christians Mm -hmm. thinking that kissing and making out is not okay. Or holding hands even. Right. Right. Because it's physical contact. mm -hmm. And for us, that was something we were okay with. So whether like for you guys, it's like, nope, we're not even going to hold hands. Then that's that's what you guys want to establish. But if you think, no, I would like to get, well, you know, kind of establish where it is that you are going to stop. Now, don't be like, yeah, no, we're going to, we're, we're just going to have oral. Well, that is still sex, <laughs> you yeah. know, like I'm talking like kissing and making out. That's literally all. But intercourse. So yeah, we're but good. <laughs> no, that's, mm-mm, that's not right. So that was something that we also established. So what what is it that we are going to do? For us, it was we are going to kiss and make out. Mm-hmm. Now, where did we do that was the big thing. Were we going to do it in someone's bed? No, because that <laughs> would lead to something else. Um, you know, like just kind of we would never go into each other's rooms. We didn't do that. I feel like we used all these things. There's no like magic. Oh, wow. That was really smart of you guys to do like there's no cleverness when we when we were being tactful and, and strategizing it was all common sense the problem yeah. is common sense goes out the window when your hormones are raging <laughs> and you know it's like oh i love this person so much you have no common sense at that point yeah right yeah exactly and you want to have this all established and like beat it before you even get to that point the whole point is to prevent things from leading one thing leading to another yes. and trust me one thing will lead to another very very quickly and by the time you realize it you're like crap we already did it yeah you want to set up boundaries for your boundaries so that you never even come close to the boundaries around sex if that makes sense yeah so you want to set up fences around your fences mm-hmm. and uh, honey what you were mentioning earlier about hey some people you know draw the line here some people draw the line there that comes right out of scripture and i want to share it with everyone else too Uh, in case they're looking for more context. But Mm -hmm. uh, Romans 14, Paul says, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind uh, about honoring God with with certain things because he's he's explaining in the the context of this passage, like, you know, that people are at different stages, right? Mm -hmm. Or they're they're different places in their spiritual lives. So don't pass judgment on somebody else because they don't regard the same thing as as you right Mm -hmm. so if for melana and i we think yeah we'll 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 make out we'll kiss we'll play some tonsil hockey you know we're not scared (laughs) ew (laughs) somebody else might be like exactly like ew like 
I mean, just holding hands is, is stimulating for, you know, there's people like yeah, that. Yeah, you never know. And, I mean, yeah, it might sound strange or, or a little out there, but there's people like legitimately that are like, yeah, I, I, if I hold hands or if like I start like holding the other person's body, I'm getting aroused. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even want to do that. And right. that's, I'm telling you like, that would be way too hard for me just being completely candid, but cause I'm a, I'm like a physical touchy feely guy, but um, yeah, that's sometimes where people have to draw the line. So mm-hmm. wherever you draw the line, obviously, like Melana said, it's not when you're having oral oral sex. <laughs> you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I think we're good here. You know, we won't go any farther. Like, no, that's that's kind of where you're, you know, use common sense, mm-hmm. but do things that you can set up ways to prevent yourself from even coming to that place. And I mean, even, even the Lord was tempted, right? Like he had, he was tempted by uh, the devil out in the wilderness in Matthew four. And how did he respond to the devil? How did he combat the enemy when he was facing temptation? Scripture. He just said, as it's written, as it's written, as it's written, the devil each time tried to tempt his, his pride and tempt his, his eyes and all these different things. And every single time Jesus responded, as it's written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God, you know? Mm. And Satan even would use scripture in a twisted way to try to say, oh, Jesus, doesn't it say this? And he says, nope, that's out of context. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a big believer in using scripture for for combating our temptation. And it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually knew a couple that um, anytime they were together, they would put a physical Bible in the room as like a reminder of like yo i'm watching you you know like we always like we know god's always watching us but we it's like so easy to forget that but having like a physical a physical bible there you kind of think twice about it jesus is watching (laughs) yeah that's a thing too in all seriousness as a christian like if we really believed in the omnipresence of god i mean really really believed that that god is everywhere we wouldn't be doing or watching or saying the things that we do, right? Yeah. And I'm just as guilty as anyone else. Yeah, it's obviously a lot but easier said than done. Just, and you're not thinking of that in the moment, you know, but that's my prayer for anybody listening is if you are in those situations of temptation, that God convict you, God bring bring that to your mind to think, the Lord is everywhere. The Lord is right here. The Lord is next to me. The Lord is is seeing what I am, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's my prayers is you'd be convicted by that and that we would still be convicted by that too, uh, which kind of leads to the next thing is one thing that helped us, another practical step with, you know, how did we handle this is knowing, okay, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like there's going to be a day when, we don't have to sit, keep denying ourselves and saying no and let's hold off, you know, a little longer. Like we had a date. We were getting married. We were, <laughs> there was a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, yeah. and sometimes that goes again to we're, we're big believers and we've preached this before. Like we don't just date people just to date people or to feel like, oh, I'm, I want a boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. So I want to just find someone and, and feel something, right? But it's such what, a waste of your time. It's a waste of time. It's it's not genuine. It's just going to lead down a bunch of heartache and pain unnecessarily mm-hmm. down the road. So Melana and I were dating with the intention to get married. 
Even at 15 years old. Even that young. And that doesn't mean, when I say that with the intention of getting married, I don't mean, hmm, are you going to be my wife today? No, like that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is saying, I'm going to keep dating this person until I find a reason not to be with them forever. And that's how I think everyone should approach dating is what's the point of it, right? You got to establish what's your purpose, what's mm-hmm. your why, mm-hmm. why am I dating this person? Is it to get some sort of satisfaction for some status? To, to fill feel? a void. Exactly. Or is it, I want to see if I can spend the rest of my life with this person and mm-hmm. how compatible we are, right? Yeah. So having that perspective early on was huge because that put an expiration date on us, like denying ourselves, <laughs> yeah, right? right, I'm yeah. like, oh, one day, finally. <laughs> we you have know. about 375 days and 33 seconds till we can do but, it. But who's counting? <laughs> Right. So that was huge too. So having that goal date, you might be engaged, you might be in a really serious dating relationship. Um, Take the time that you need in your engagement to enjoy and to plan for your wedding, but don't take an unnecessary amount of time. Uh, That's pretty obvious. I think like people who are engaged for like 10 years, like there's, what's the point either? Yes or no. Right. Mm -hmm. Do it or don't. Right. So Especially when you're waiting. I mean, that's why I think a lot of young Christian couples get married very young and have very short engagements is because they know that they have this angst like, yeah, I mean, it's time like time to get on with it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just be be smart about it yeah. and know that there's a there's a light at the end of the tunnel. But before we do continue on with that, I do want you to share like some insight as to what helped you, because I feel OK. Men are hornier than girls, statistically, I'm pretty sure. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, well, it is like they've already <laughs> it's heard a stereotype, my, right? They've already heard my perspective on it and like what helped me. So it's definitely insightful. So they can like go and share this with their boyfriends or something, you know, or they can listen to it with their boyfriends. Yeah, I mean, just having the perspective again of who are you and who do you represent, right? This is going to pertain more towards the Christian group because I really can't speak from experience elsewhere otherwise because being a, a Christian man I know that I'm to honor God with my body which includes waiting till marriage to have sex mm-hmm. that's my foundation that's where that's my starting point if you start from any other foundation it's it's gonna fail right every other ground is sinking sand but on, on God's word is a mighty rock so um, you want to build your house on that foundation to know this is where I draw the line, this is where I'm not budging, and by by the Holy Spirit, by God's grace, you you stick to that and you're sustained throughout that. So I don't really think there was much I did on my part. I mean, there were practical things, but ultimately it came down to the Holy Spirit inside me and the power to to say no and to resist the devil. Yeah, I thought you were saying I'm the devil. <laughs> Resist so the like, land of the devil. <laughs> it's like, hold on. Yeah, so, I mean, on a practical sense, Molina and I would cuddle, but we would stay sitting upright, which sounds kind of weird, but, like, we'd just be sitting on the couch side by side. I'd put my mm-hmm. arm around her, and... We wouldn't let certain body parts touch other body parts. Right. And we wouldn't grope or feel up one another if yeah. that's the right way to say it mm-hmm. you know just we kept our hands to ourselves <laughs> yeah i mean and we another thing too is we 
made sure our parents were home or somebody else yeah. like a trusted guardian well our parents <laughs> a, never a even guardian would be home to watch <laughs> us well our parents would never let us be home alone anyway to begin with so that was something that was helpful but yeah we were never like alone I also had a curfew of like what like 11 o'clock so it's not like we were up together all night we didn't do sleepovers and one thing to really consider is that there will be some seasons where this is extremely easy where you're like oh I don't even think about sex and then there will be other times where you're like raging and you're like holy crap I can't do this anymore so it will fluctuate and during those you just have to find different ways to cope there might be some seasons where you can't hold hands some seasons you can't make out and then other seasons where you can and you're totally fine so just accommodate yeah i think a big part too is staying busy um that, yeah that really have helps have like cute dates don't just be like oh let's just cuddle on netflix and chill like bro <laughs> really no we can bible study and chill <laughs> Yeah, do that instead. But like plan fun dates where you're not just like tempted or bored. Boredom is your worst fear. Yeah, like I think there's a saying, something to the effect, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something to the effect of idle hands are the devil's hands or something like that, where basically if you're just not doing anything and you're bored and have no nothing to, for lack of better words, distract yourself or, or keep you busy, mm-hmm. that's when it's easy for temptation to set in so yeah um, like Melanie and I would go out for coffee or we'd go out somewhere public or do like a bible study volunteer together like yeah. do stuff like within the church too together mm-hmm. yeah and that's like, where, those are some of our best like experiences together and one of my mentors um, Jonathan Hostler if you're listening Jonathan um, I'm going to share this story because it's it's one that's really I've clung to and uh, really really helped me but he mentioned how um, him and his girlfriend at the time, who's his now wife of 30-something years, which is fantastic. They just, like, got remarried, I'm pretty sure, too. Like, renewed their vows. Yeah, they, they did, like, a renewal mm-hmm. recently. But um, Jonathan just shared how some of the greatest experiences he and Rachel, his now wife, would have when they were dating would be volunteering with student ministries at churches. And how cute. that that would bring them closer together in a way that was completely different than they had before. Yeah, like grow an intimacy outside of like sex. Like intimacy isn't just sex. Oh, it's multidimensional. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, so before you get married, get this intimacy in all these other realms. And then you can actually have like the actual like sexual intimacy when you get married. Right. Which will just kind of tap, cap it all off. Exactly. And to that point, being... The climax of no, no pun intended, <laughs> but knowing that there is that light at the end of the tunnel and there is a, a pinnacle top of the mountain, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time, don't let sex become an idol. And yeah. what I mean by that is, well, okay, we'll just speak from experience. When Melina and I got married and we're on our wedding night and our honeymoon, we're like, finally, we get to do it. Yeah. And at first it does feel wrong. Like it it does take a while for you to get used to it. Like when, like on our honeymoon, it felt fine because we were like on our honeymoon. But when we came home, that felt really weird when I was kind of like, oh, like we can actually like do this now. We're going to keep reminding ourselves like we're married. Like it's okay. We're husband and wife now. Like this is, you know, so it took a little, yeah, there was a little adjustment period. There's like a transition period. Yeah. It wasn't, trust me, like it was... It was great. Like our wedding <laughs> night and honeymoon, that was some of the best times ever, sexually speaking. 
like because it's your first time right and you're like oh this is all new to us mm-hmm. but there is a luster that starts to tarnish and wear if you've made sex the goal and what i mean is don't let that become your idol like or your problem solver having sex is is the end all be all it is not it's it's a it's one of many different aspects of marriage and it's not just yeah like sex is not just about or marriage is not just about sex and i definitely thought that it was yeah it's, not fully but like to an extent i'm like i thought we'd be having sex all the time like well just what you said in the last episode about you know the wedding day the wedding day that's yeah, the big exactly event but no marriage is a lifetime thing same thing with sex like Oh, it's sex, sex. That's that's everything. Well, no, it's it's just one part, and sex will let you down. You know, mm-hmm. as I mean, you guys have seen Milena. Like I'm, how insanely lucky and blessed <laughs> am I, right? But even with someone like Milena, who's in my mind the perfect person, I'm not even just saying that, but she's like the perfect person in every way. Thanks, honey. You still can't say sex is going to be the end all, be all, and like. Oh, we're having a fight. All right, let's just have makeup sex. Oh, we're, you know, bored. Oh, we're, you know, it's, you have all these different lies that the world has fed us mm-hmm. that sex will solve it all, right? Mm-hmm. And it won't. It, it just doesn't. It's one thing, but you still have to have a communication. You still have to talk. You still have to have a conversation, mm-hmm. right? You still have to work work through things. And sex takes work. Marriage takes work. But it's it's the good kind of work that you want to be investing in mm-hmm. that will only yield fruit and open doors to other things. So, yeah, that's that's the that's something I want to harp on too. Is don't make sex the end all be all. Right. Enjoy it. Learn. Keep growing in it. You know the, all those different things that you would do in any other realm in life, but. Don't don't put it on some pedestal and think this is everything. Yeah. So even in marriage, I mean, God didn't create marriage for sex. He created sex for marriage, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So marriage is the goal. Knowing your spouse and knowing the Lord together in that triangle of relationship is the is the goal, not sex it's just a means to that Mm -hmm. so again you know as as we're kind of bringing it to a close here a couple last thoughts is you know as people ask us sometimes like well what's permissible now you know okay you're married you're you're a christian couple what is the what's permissible in the bedroom like that sounds kind of weird but given what our society and what the world you know, throws at us, you kind of have to, you know, think through it. So the way Melanie and I have come to terms with it is as long as you are both comfortable with it, do it right. Like there's no, there's no limit to Mm -hmm. what you can explore and, and discover in the bedroom, as long as you're both comfortable with it. Now, if one person has a issue with it, okay, well, now you're not honoring your spouse, right? Yeah. You're, You're being selfish and, and, that's that's not healthy so mm-hmm. as long as you're both okay with it yeah why not right it, try try anything <laughs> as long as it's within that context of you and your spouse in marriage right yeah so that's and that's another thing that god gave us to he gave us sex to enjoy he made it pleasurable so he could have not he could have taken the pleasure out of it mm-hmm. and just said here just use it to have deal kids. with this yeah exactly so uh yeah it's 
that's kind of where we're at. And lastly, I'll say, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, you know, I've blown it. I've had so much sex. I can't even remember or keep track. And, you know, I'm just, I'm beyond redemption. I'm, I'm, I, there's no hope for me. You know, I'm just one of the, I feel dirty. I feel like, like I, like God can't save me. I want to encourage you with a fantastic uh, quote. One of my professors in theology shared, his name's Dr. Ron Rhodes. And this is what he said. Because God is omniscient, meaning he knows everything, he can never discover anything in our lives that will cause him to change his mind about us being in his family. Also, when we first trusted in him for salvation, he was fully aware of every sin we had ever committed and would ever commit in the future. These truths reassure me that I am truly forgiven and set free from the penalty of sin and death. You cannot out-sin God's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I'm, I'm a wretch, I'm, I'm a sinner, I'm broken, I, there's no hope for me. Shame on your pride for that because God is saying your, your sins are not too big for me to handle. I'm, I'm bigger than your sin. You cannot out-sin my forgiveness. That's just another form of pride welling up saying I'm, I'm too bad for God to forgive. No, absolutely not. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen. So you can... You can be saved. You can be forgiven. God picks you up and says, you know, keep on, keep on keeping on. Right. Yes. And if you are currently in a relationship right now and you've had sex before, it is never too late to stop. Like every day is a new day and every day is a new opportunity for you to start over. So it isn't too late. And yes, it may be a little bit more challenging, but it's going to be so rewarding and God will honor you beyond words later on. Amen. (laughs) all right so now we are going to end in our prayer and this is the first time that we've had a chance to actually pray for one of you guys so we do have a instagram and also a email that you guys can send in prayer requests so those are like all included like within the descriptions of everything so if you have a prayer that you would like to submit please message us and we would love to pray for you we are going to be praying for someone every week and we also encourage you guys listening to also keep this person in your prayers throughout this week as well so we have a whole community of people praying for each other and Melanda and i said it's side time to pray for everyone so if we don't specifically mention you on the air just know that you're prayed for and they aren't going unnoticed and unseen Um, every single time we open up our our messages we're praying for you guys so um, but this week um, given the the worldwide um, news with all the shootings going on and the school in Brazil and the mosque in uh, New Zealand uh, Molly and I are just like heartbroken we're thinking man this is not at all how God wanted things to be and because of our sin because of you know the evil that's in the world this is just the reality and it sucks and our, our hearts go out to them obviously Milena being from Brazil um, you know to have this something mm-hmm. like this happen in yeah. her in her home country is you know just troubling and little old New Zealand right just a tiny little peaceful uh, country it's just just terrible so we're going to lift up all the victims, families, and friends there. We also want to lift up uh, Trixie, who is a listener and a follower um, of Milena's. And uh, she just reached out to us and said, hey, I'm trying to figure out what God's plan is for her and her family. 
Uh, she had unfortunately miscarried twice and she's just very hurt and sad, understandably. And, uh, we're just going to lift up Trixie and her husband and their family as well. Uh, just forgot to, to comfort them. So let's close it out in a, in a word of prayer. Mm-hmm. Father God, uh, we're again, just so, so thankful for who you are and all that you've given to us to enjoy and not the least of these being having sex with our spouse and, and just uh, enjoying that intimacy and that relationship and that community with one another, knowing that you gave it to us to enjoy. And Lord, uh, as there are people out there listening to this, um, struggling to trust you and to understand you and to abide by what you've, what you've given to us, Lord, I pray that you give them extra strength and extra dedication to trust in you and to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit uh, when they face temptation and when they come to that, that crossroads where they have to say, you know, I, I need to, I need to trust you. Jesus is, is better than this. And Lord, we uh, also lift up the victims and their families of the shootings, those who were killed and injured in Brazil and New Zealand Lord, uh, you you hate this, and just as Habakkuk cried out, violence, oh Lord, how long will you go without listening, Lord? That's that's our same prayer, Lord, is when will you put an end to it? We're just even indirectly impacted by it, and, and our hearts are, are breaking. So be with them, Lord, give them your peace, um, put an end to this violence, and we pray that, that you'll return soon, Lord, that you'll put an end to all injustice and all evil and all wickedness. And we, we long for that day, Lord. But in the meantime, comfort those who, who are mourning and let us as the body of Christ be a blessing and a support for them and however we can. And lastly, Lord, we lift up Trixie and her family. Um, you are, of course, not turning a, a deaf ear or a blind eye to her situation, Lord. You are intimately involved with every intricate detail of her life, and we trust that you will uh, bring good and bring joy and peace to Trixie and her family. And we ask that you grant them the ability to bring some children into the world and that you would be with her and give that miracle opportunity to her and her family, Lord. And again, we just thank you for the blessing and the honor and the opportunity to do this podcast. Um, protect Melana and I from the the enemy as, as we're doing this, Lord. Um, thank you for all of our support and our friends and family and fans to be with us in this, in this journey. And it's all, again, to you. You alone receive the, gre- the credit, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer, honey. Thank you. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in on today's podcast. I hope that this episode was insightful. Again, if you have any other recommendations and things that you guys would like us for us to do in the future, again, DM us on Astro in My House podcast, and we will try our best to get those requests in. And we will see you guys next Wednesday. Adios. Adios. <laughs> Ciao. Beijos, ciao. Beijos, ciao. Ciao. <laughs>